0: I've never heard of that happening in my life. So, Are we
1: sure that we were given the correct – oh, wait a second. Somebody's calling us back. Oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> it's a Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. Um, coming up on the program, we're supposed to chat with Ani Anu, so we're kind of working through a couple of phone number issues here. I'm doing my best. I might just have to give you my phone, Josh. If you know what I'm going to do, I'm going to do like a Don King special. Um, I'm going to, yeah, that's the right number. So well, hopefully we can get it worked out. The Don King special was that you would have the um, you would have the person call you on your phone, and you would just put it on speakerphone, uh, and you would just hold it up to the mic. I think that is that is the future, my friends of radio. Hour 2 of The Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Allison Insurance. I had to laugh. The very first text to the show this morning, I asked, hey, what was, the, what was the thing that you took away from last night's national championship game? And the very first text from the 405 was, one word, pay. Pay. It was like pain, stupid Siri. Welcome to my world, bro. One of our guys on the Sooner Radio Network team has a new nickname because of my inability to, to text and or Siri correctly. Pain, man. Painful last night. Georgia wins back-to-back titles, fourth team to do it. We'll talk more about it as the show rolls on, but right now, we are pumped to be joined by one of the standout seniors for the Oklahoma women's basketball team. She's on fire. She is Ana Yanusa, and she's getting ready for a trip to Lubbock. Ana, good morning. Welcome to the show. What's going on?
2: Good morning. How are
0: you? Okay, I'm great. I want to talk business. Are things going good? Are you feeling good about the the food truck? Are we rolling? Yeah, the food truck's
2: on uh, a little hold for right now because basketball season's here, but we'll be back open
0: soon. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got something going on right now, so I mean, that might kind of keep you busy for the season. (laughs) You know, uh, real quick, before we talk about the season, I had a chance to sit with you before uh, you guys kicked off the 22-23 campaign and, just the motivation for you to finally be healthy, to have another shot, has it played out for you physically on how you had hoped it would um, with with everything that you'd gone through on the rehab? Are you feeling good with the the shape you're in, with, with the way your body feels, the way things have rolled so far to start the season?
2: Yeah, um, I actually I do feel really good physically. Um, I wouldn't say I'm in the shape as as in much shape as I used to be, but I'm getting back there. Um, I'm able to just do the things that I feel like I was able to do before, and um, my confidence is coming back in my knee and in my, uh, in my body, and so I'm really happy about where I'm at right now and where this team's at right now, and um, it's only up from here.
0: Speaking of, of where this team is, i I've watched a lot of games, and it's just I get a chance to travel with you Wednesday, so I'll have a firsthand opportunity, but I just I feel like this team really likes each other. I feel like you guys, for what is you know a fairly significant age gap between uh, the three seniors on this team and, and the younger group, sometimes that can create issues. But am I am I seeing correctly? Is this a team that really has a good chemistry about it?
2: Yeah, um, we do have a really good chemistry. I just think that uh, we look at each other as family, and so the age—I was just like having a younger sister or older brother, older brother or sister. We're just family, and um, we just accept each other for who we are, and. Everybody wants everyone to grow and succeed and be great, and I think that's really important um, for our chemistry and how we're going to do things on the court.
0: For you, um, just to make that decision to, to come back, what was that process like, Anna? Was there ever a thought that maybe you might not try to go through the grind again, but were you always set to play this year?
2: Um, for the most part, I was always set to play again this year. I was a little nervous about – the injury aspect of it, but I mean, that's what you're you get injured when you're play a sport. Um, it's just that's just what happens, and so um, I had to take that, eliminate that, and stop worrying so much about things I couldn't control. And um, I knew I wanted to play. I knew I had um, Maddie, T. Rob, and I had unfinished business that um, we really wanted to try to secure together this year. And um, I just I'm excited about. it. I'm glad that I made that decision. I'm glad Maddie and T. Rob made that decision as well because. Uh, this is an opportunity that not many people have the ability to do, and we we were grateful for having this opportunity so i'm glad we all took it
0: you've You've scored in double figures in six of your last seven games, but the last three really popped twenty eight against west virginia twenty four against baylor twenty three in an incredible game against Iowa State this weekend uh From what you've told us, is it fair to say that you're getting to that point where you want to be physically and, and in the confidence in the knee?
2: yeah um I would say that i felt I feel like I just um kind of stopped really caring so much about um what could happen and just kind of focusing on uh, what I'm doing in the moment and um, trying to make everybody around me better and make myself better as well and um when you stop when you eliminate so many what ifs I think that you your focus is a lot better and you can do some things that you didn't even imagine you could do.
0: Can you it, – it's always important to me to, to make sure we give proper respect and love to the coaches. And I want to talk about Coach Peronchek and, and her style and what this staff has meant to you. But I also think, Anna, no one can probably attest to it more than you, the importance of having a, a caring and a really good athletic trainer like Brittany is. And obviously to have a, a strength coach and what you know it, Kelton has put together for you guys, can you take us through the importance of that relationship and how much it's meant to you to help get you where you need to be?
2: Yeah, um, there has been a lot of trust. Uh, Brittany, Brittany and I've been came in together at the same time. So Brittany's first year here was my first year here, and so we've been going on strong for six years now. And um, she's taken, she's really taken really good care of me um, since my freshman year. I've had a lot of issues that have happened, uh, basketball and related and non basketball related, and um, family related. And Brittany is the first person I always call because I know that she's one has my best interest and two. Um, She's going to be completely honest with me um, and also push me past my comfort level. And I'm really grateful that I have somebody who's in my corner like that, who I can call on, who I can um, always talk to and always um, just know that she has my best interest and is going to push me. Um, Same with Keldon. Keldon and I actually went to high school together. Really? Um, yeah I know that nobody ever believes me when I say that, but yeah, <laughs> Keldon and I went to high school together. He was in my brother's my brother's grade, and so um, I was really happy to see Keldon become the strength coach. Um, I've known him for a while, and um, I know his work ethic, and I was excited that um I got like I could have somebody who I also knew um already, and he's also pushed me. he's gonna push everybody around him. he's going to um push you past your comfort level and I think that's really good and I think that's the reason why I've been able to bounce back from my injuries like I have because it's not they're not just going to let me do what's on the calendar today if I can go more if they think I can go more they're going to push me more and I think um I think that's really great of them and um it's just been a blessing to have them
0: have you then this is going to be kind of a 180 here so if if this is a dumb question let me know but do you feel like in those ways where you know Britt's been kind of a, a shoulder for you and an ear that's helped you whenever Anayanusa has had to be a shoulder or an ear for some of these younger players you, know, you talked about helping Kelby out and mm-hmm. what that relationship has been like is those relationships helped you to be a better leader mentor and friend
2: yeah I do think uh think that uh, those relationships have helped me become um, just a better person to my teammates, um, a helper to my teammates. I've literally watched Brittany nurse people back to health, nurse <laughs> myself back to health. Um, I've seen her be a shoulder to cry on. I've seen her uplift people. And I think that, um, that her leadership in her field of work is very important. And uh, it's taught me a lot. And I feel like I – I know the ropes now, and I know what Brittany would say sometimes, like I kind of know what Brittany would say here and there. And so I feel like I, I can be that person for somebody as well. um, and I think that she's taught she's just taught everybody a lot, and That's great. um I yeah, we all appreciate Brittany and Keldon,
0: yeah, they're awesome. Um, how about this coaching staff Ani Anus is our guest growing up in uh, well, you you played high school ball at Choctaw, growing up in Oklahoma. Pretty much all you knew about OU Women's Basketball was what Sherry Cole had done, right? And then right, you get to right. play for a couple of years and she retires. And you bring in this just ball of energy and personality that is a basketball savant. What's it been like in the adjustment of playing for Ginny Bronchek? And how do you feel like you fit in her style?
2: Yeah, um, it's been um, it's been a great opportunity to get to play for Coach Cole, number one. Um, she's an amazing coach. And just being able to play for her and then having an opportunity to- Opportunity to play for uh, Coach Jenny has been amazing, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, Jenny has really changed the game of basketball for I think a lot of people on our team, um, me included. Uh, she just the amount of energy, the amount of um, the amount of courage she has in everybody, uh, and belief that she has in everybody is amazing. And she pushes every single one of us. We're not boxed in. We're not. Um, we're not just one dimensional players, um, if they wanted to go in there and post somebody up, I'm sure Jenny would have the most belief in her um, <laughs> more than anybody else would. And so um, I really I really appreciate that as a, uh, as a coach, like from her being a coach and having that much belief in us and not putting us in a box and letting us explore and just play the game how we want to play it. Um, she is out there and she is coaching, but the game is really up to us. And I've never I've never really had that before and I'm just grateful that I have I've gotten that experience.
0: Twelve and two on the season. Nice start to Big Twelve play on the road this Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, against Texas Tech in Lubbock coming off the big one over Iowa State. Anna in general for this team, how do you feel about where this team is right now?
2: Um, I'm really excited about where we are right now. Um, we're excited to just keep growing and keep getting better. Um We're excited about the game in Lubbock, and um, we hope everybody is tuning in and watching us. Um, We're going to be really fun to watch this year, and we hope that everybody will just come out and support us and bring somebody else the next time. Um, But, yeah, we're excited, and I'm very excited about where we're at. Uh,
0: Saturday at 2 o'clock, of course, back home against Kansas. A final thought before we let you get out of here. For for you, have you found yourself getting nostalgic at times? Have you found yourself realizing that, you know, this is – potentially the last year you're going to play, well, this is, I think you're out of eligibility after this year, but <laughs> th- last year at Oklahoma, have you allowed that to, to seep in or not, or are you just embracing the moment?
2: Um, a little bit of both. Uh, mainly just embracing the moment, but also remembering that this is, this possibly is my last year of playing basketball. Obviously in college, yes. Right. But um, So just to literally leave everything I have on the floor, um, that's what I – been trying to tell myself every single game before the games. This you never know when it's going to be your last moment on the court. You never know if this is going to be your last year. So if all else fails, leave everything you have on the floor. And so um, that's what I've been doing, just kind of living in the moment and remembering that as well.
0: It's been awesome to watch you. All right, I'm excited to travel to you guys tomorrow. Um, have a great day, uh, and I'm here to help promote whatever you need when the food truck kicks back up. All right.
2: <laughs> all right. Thank you.
0: See you, Anna. Be good. That's Anna Yanusa standout OU women's basketball player who in the last few weeks by the way quick pause holy smokes man I've talked to Anna I wouldn't say a lot but I I mean she's been here for 6 years that is by far uh the be- one of the best interviews I've ever had with her I love to hear like she said she's embracing the moment and how about the last couple of games that she's had 23 24 and then in Morgantown against West Virginia she had 28 she, she came off a three for twelve performance against Florida, and proceeded to go eleven of thirteen from the field, seven of seventeen, and nine of fifteen. She backed up a twenty five percent scoring output with, uh, with eighty. Uh, or, hold on, math in three, two, one. She backed up uh, a game in which she shot twenty five percent from the floor with an 85% performance, a 42% performance, and a 60% field goal percentage performance. My word, Anna! All right, you'll find that on the podcast page. Again, Sooner is on the road tomorrow in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Now, Anna said make sure everyone's watching. It's okay to listen. I got gotcha. you. My first road trip with him this year tomorrow night, and then on Saturday back home for that big game against Kansas. All right, quick break. When we come back, to me, I think that there is some dates we need to talk about, including one date that isn't known yet. Dive into that on the college football side of things next, right here on The Ref. Got that a that a proud papa moment there with Steelman talking about the uh, the want to block on the Air Comfort Solutions text <laughs> line. Okay, let's let's talk significant dates. I, I know you're working on the podcast, but can I steal you for like two minutes? No, you're good. We're, okay. we're,
1: the podcast is –
0: Oh, we're golden? We're done so You've not. got that – you've got like a little system now, don't you? It works out pretty well, doesn't it? The more I get done now, the less there's to do later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and shout-out, I want to give a couple of – Steven Miner, my man Kelly in Florida, Bruce have all brought this up on Twitter.com. So, let's hit these dates, but there is one significant thing that is missing. Now, by my intrepid research, which was just thinking about things that are coming up, right? We have another signing day. We have another portal window. Um, lots, of, lots of different things to get to on that front. But here is in, in, I guess you could say, sequential order, in by date order, the next big dates on the calendar schedule. Next big days, next big moments. College football wise, here's what you need to be looking gotcha. forward to. I do tweet this. I, I think it's out there. I think I. I think I threw. Yeah, it tweeted. Just did. Important upcoming dates on the college football schedule. January 16th, NFL draft declaration deadline. Now, I don't think that affects many current Sooners, right? Unless Marvin Mims decides after declaring that uh he is he is not I, I don't think that he's he's going to the pros. I'm just saying that's that's the day by which you have to remove your name. Now I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. These were important upcoming college football dates. So I didn't include the Combine or the senior bowl because to me those are NFL events. And yeah. I didn't include Pro Day because to me that's an NFL. But on the college football schedule, I understand, hey, signing day, uh, portal window, those things are important. To me, pro days and things of that nature are just, you know, those events we'll want to follow and be a part of. So, January 16th, NFL draft declaration deadline. January 18th, that's when the portal window closes. Round one. Round one. February 1st is signing day. I don't know of... Any major names we're waiting for or think could sign, you guys are usually quick to correct me if there is, either on the the text line or the super secret textoso line. But as far as my understanding is concerned, February 1st, unless Oklahoma has a receiver that they find or another offensive lineman or a, I don't know, a, a backer or whatever that they decide to offer because some things fall through in the portal, I don't see that being a day where we have much conversation. In fact, I don't see it being a day when there's much conversation anymore anyway. March, April, May, spring football. Oklahoma has not released its spring football dates yet. And, you know, we, we did have the, the window last year for Oklahoma. What am I trying to say? Last year, I thought it worked out pretty well, right? I thought it was it fit into the calendar, and it was pretty much like a little bit in late March. All of April, pause for spring break, and then the spring game was that week in April 23rd, right? So I would imagine something similar to that same date. I don't foresee Oklahoma shifting it up too much, but March, April, May, spring football, and then May 1st through the 15th is that second portal window. That's the second portal window. So January 16th, NFL draft deadline. January 18th, the first portal window closes. Signing day is February 1st. Spring football, March through May. And then May 1st to the 15th is the spring portal. Now, I asked, am I missing anything? And a lot of you quickly jumped at the idea that we we don't even know Oklahoma's conference schedule for next year. And Steven, Bruce, Kelly, y'all are right. I don't either. And somewhere in there, we have to think and we have to imagine, Josh, that we're going to get that sooner rather than later unless there is some major politicking or movement going on behind the scenes. I sit here at 1027. On the Ref Radio Network, 10th day of January, year of our Lord, 2023. And I have no idea why we're having this delay. I don't think that it's a gimmick from the Big 12. And I also would think that after what happened last night, you might immediately want to get something out. I mean immediately, football-related. And, you know, maybe it is hey, here's the 2023 schedule with the understanding that it's the last year that Oklahoma and Texas will play in the Big 12. Maybe that's what we're waiting for to get affirmation. I brought this up earlier. I don't think it's possible, but maybe there still is some maneuvering, some flanagling, whatever it might be, to try to get OU and Texas out in 23. And I don't think that's possible. Well, let me rephrase that. I think anything is possible. I don't think that's necessarily reality, but I will continue to tell you guys what I've been told from many of those who regularly cover this sport. There is a window, I'm sorry, there is a format for what an SEC schedule would look like for Oklahoma and Texas that can be plopped right into place almost immediately. But as we sit here now, we don't know the Big 12 schedule. Listen, this opens up a lot of different angles, right? This opens up the, all right, if if this truly is the last year, is Oklahoma and Texas going to really get the hose more than they got with the, the lack of calls last year, lack of holding calls against their opponents? I mean, is that is it something, Josh, where you start seeing, wow, Oklahoma's going back to Stillwater this year or – Texas is going back to Lubbock this year? That doesn't make any sense. Oklahoma's not playing TCU, whatever it might be, because you are adding four new teams. So this is a 14-team conference unless something happens in 23 where OU and Texas get out early, which, again, I'm not counting out. I There's a lot of roadblocks, but I just – it is definitely one of those things in that offseason checklist that it's very odd that we don't have it right now.
1: It is. Uh, I mean, there's really no timetable on when we're going to get it either. I mean, I, the fact that we don't have it right now, I I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I have no it clue. Could, could come out this afternoon. We could be waiting two more months before we get uh, a schedule. So, I, I don't know. I, you'd like to get it sometime soon. Just from a speculative standpoint, it helps us talk about, hey, look at yeah. this game's that day and what do you think about this road
0: trip or that road trip. But uh, right now we're just totally in the dark. The um – the interesting part of this is, as we get set for spring ball, there's there's new rules in place for spring football, um, and and I guess I wasn't aware of this because it had, it had hit last year, and I was curious how in depth it went, but. They're trying to limit full contact tackling to the ground, or, or they have, excuse me, to no more than 75 minutes in any one practice period that does not involve a scrimmage. So you're starting to see you're starting to see, again, even trying to limit the amount of contact that you can have in spring ball. It worked last year. let's see if it carries over to this year. But spring ball is a 34-day period, 20 hours per week of unrestricted activities. 15 on-field practices with no more than 12 that involve any contact at all. Full contact may not occur until the third practice. Eight of the 12 contact practices can involve tackling. And no more than three of those eight may be devoted to 11-on-11 scrimmages. During non-contact practice sessions, headgear must be worn. So all all of, all of those are currently in place as far as rules for spring ball. But... The bigger question is not, all right, what are we going to accomplish in spring ball? Are we going to know our schedule by the time that we get to spring ball in March or April? Because still in shock that we're sitting here on January 10th and there is no 23 schedule. Like I said, doesn't affect me too much. I don't think it fa- affects too many fans because you you think we, think we know where they're going in Big 12 play. And we know what the non-conference already looks like for Oklahoma. And probably if you're going to make a road trip. You will adjust accordingly when said
1: road trip is announced. But there are some planners out there in the world of Sooner Sports, right? That would like sure. to have these dates sooner rather than later. So I don't know. Hopefully we we do get news on that soon.
0: I think so. Uh, the non conference, by the way, next year is Arkansas State SMU on a trip to the nine one eight. So I would imagine that we'll be in Tulsa for another Tulsa day for that matchup with TU. Toby and I got excited about that. We're like, oh, gosh, a weekend oven in T-Town. Let's go. I can just go hang out with my father-in-law. Have yeah, him tell me cool. stories. I can't wait. All right. It is uh, 1032. Let's hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we come back. 405-651-3439. But again, but again, the upcoming schedule, not out yet. We don't know what the 23 schedule looks like. As far as what I've been able to procure The next big upcoming date is January 16th. That's when the draft declaration deadline is. So that's a couple days away. That's this Monday. And then January 18th, that portal window closes. It's a plank show right here on The ref. Big moment here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Josh Helmer just occurred during that commercial break. I saw somebody tweet 234 days till Sooner Football. So I had to make sure to update the countdown clock. Oh, we're good? We're good. Now, uh, actually, I am assuming a 6 o'clock kick for the OU opener against, I believe it's Arkansas State. Yep. Pay-per-view, 6 o'clock. I don't... Is that still a thing? I don't know. You're right. I think we got rid of No, 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 no. You're right. It is until the SEC move. 235 days, 5 hours, and 20 minutes-ish. ish Please, you guys are bumming me out. Ish. So, that here's what's funny. Is that seems like a lot right now. But, in about three weeks, the softball season, actually four weeks, the softball season is going to start, and you're going to blink, and it's June. And then you'll have a vacation mixed in there, or you take a week off, get away from the job, and that goes by in a in a heartbeat. We'll have media days. It's it's wild how the NFL has created a way to dominate the calendar 24/7 365. The playoffs right. helps. Exactly. And it stretches in now to to February. But college football's trying, right? I laid out those dates last segment. They're on my Twitter feed at Plank Show. But, you know, while it's lessened that first week in February for signing day, May is going to become another kind of nail-biter type of weekend, Josh. It really is. Oh, ESPN Plus, no pay-per-view. Thank you. But, I mean, technically you – have to have ESPN Plus to, to watch it, so kind of sort of is. But, yeah, that's that's gone with Fox. Um, and, by the way, they can do pay-per-views on ESPN, ESPN Plus. So it, I wouldn't push it past in the future that if you have a marquee SEC game, Alabama, Georgia, this week – on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. I mean, they do it with oh, UFC. Man. I feel it coming. I feel it coming. That's that's going to oh, yeah. be a sad day. By the way, thank you to the 402. Not me, I'm just I'm being very selfish here. Don't discount OU baseball. They could have a chance to make another run of the College World Series absolutely. Can't wait to watch Skips Crew get going. Yeah, and you but but again, just diamond sports season for me flies by, man. Sure does it does. If you're so by. busy. Sure. Um but I guess I guess more than anything else, you see that number and you're like, dang, so far away. But while the NFL has done a good job in in carving out nonstop talk in the offseason, college is getting pretty close. Here's the other question before we we get to the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line so far. Here's the other question that I have. Do you expect any more coaching moves? I don't think that any of the teams involved last night have anything to worry about outside of maybe an assistant or two getting plucked, right? Um, this by the way, on an Oklahoma angle to this, does this accelerate anything at the receiver coach? Does this maybe if there's those of you that feel like Malcolm Kelly is a legit possibility at OU? Now that it's completely and in, in, in finished, over for TCU season, done, is that something we keep an eye on? Anyway, sidebar, back on point. But do you expect to see any coaching moves? If Jim Harbaugh leaves, well, Michigan is open. That could have an effect on a ma- lot of teams out there. I don't think Ryan Day is quite done yet at Ohio State, but I do think he's a guy that will eventually see take a shot in the NFL. Really? You think I so? I think so. I think he's... <laughs>
1: They're so close to winning a national championship. And, and I mean,
0: that was the team – I think it was Ralph Russo that brought it up on Twitter last night. That's a team that's got to be sick today.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's – get 10 yards closer before that kick, and you're probably talking about – we're talking about Ohio State as a national champion today. That's what's so interesting about, yes, Georgia's the standard bearer, and – I do think they're ahead of Alabama, and yet somebody texted earlier, Alabama's 1-1 one and one against Georgia the last two seasons. Remember, Alabama won the SEC championship right. last year. And, oh, by the way, Ohio State's a kickaway playing from going to the national championship game. So we are such prisoners of last night and of the moment that, yeah, I, look, give Georgia their credit. They've won back-to-back national championships. Stetson Bennett was amazing. There's no necessarily end in sight for Georgia and yet Ohio State to kick away from probably being the team we're talking about as the national champion
0: today. yeah it's it's pretty incredible the run that they're on. Ooh, Emmett Jones, yeah. who's that? Now listen, I've offered this out here. I don't know who Stoops Bros is, but from everything that Kerry and Eddie talk about on their podcast. This dude seems to maybe be like the ultimate beat reporter for OU football. And if he is the guy that – if he's the guy, Emma Jones, that Oklahoma's targeting right now – and I think what did, what did Stoop Bros kind of start connecting dots on? Wasn't it who Emma Jones had followed on Twitter and things of that nature? If, if that's the case, why would he not be hired already? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. But uh I I'm ready to hire Stoop bros. I don't know what you need. I don't know what it would take, but I'm ready to bring you on staff as our official, official researcher. So, we, we can stay incognito too if you want. Absolutely. I'll pay in cash. We'll we'll, we'll make nothing but cash payments if you got to keep that uh th- that that image hidden.
1: I would think that yes, you would want to recalibrate your staff as soon as possible, but we Ran down the upcoming dates, right? I mean,
0: January 18th might become a significant date on that front.
1: Correct. Will we start seeing some shuffling of coaches following that first transfer portal window closing? I I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on.
0: In other words, you get to January 18th, boom, now all of a sudden a lot of changes. Right. It's like, okay, roster set. Let's get into spring ball. Coach, I'm going here. I mean, the season is just now over. I mean, today is truly the last day. And that might not just be – that might not just, to use
1: the Oklahoma example here, that might not only be because Oklahoma is waiting and wants to finalize its roster. It could be a little bit of I'm not trying to leave where I'm at high and dry until that window closes.
0: Right, exactly. I see this a lot. I I blame Keegan Renault for this one off the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 405. Nick Saban is going to hire Cliff Kingsbury as his new offensive coordinator with the number one recruiting class in the country. The road to a national championship goes through Tuscaloosa and Athens, and it probably will, until another university spends money on a recruiting class like Texas A&M, but has the culture to build a strong foundation to compete with Georgia and Alabama. It's simple, folks. If you want your football team to succeed, donate to the NIL. I'll, uh... I saw – I think Keegan tweeted that last year, and I like Keegan. But he somehow has every single tweet he's ever tweeted and can retweet it in like a heartbeat. I don't know how that's possible. It's like, told you this two years ago. All right, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's going to Alabama. Let me tell you why. I think Cliff Kingsbury's going to New England. I think he's going to be the Patriots' next offensive coordinator. So, which – Opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, there then, in New then what are they going to do, right? So I think, so Al, the whole idea here is that Bill O'Brien is going to New England to be the next offensive coordinator there, right? And that he's leaving out because from everything I've seen, uh, there hasn't been like an official firing of Bill O'Brien, right? But it's kind of become known that he's going to get more opportunities in the NFL. Than just say one or two. So this is likely his last chance, or will will be his last year at Alabama. I don't know if there has been an official announcement by any stretch of the imagination, like where it's like, oh, he's not coming back. But it's funny that <laughs> it's funny that people like are so angry with him in Alabama and literally they lost two games by a combined two points or four points whatever the final was it was tied against Tennessee right so 3 plus 1 four plank math hard so but when you've got that kind of roster you're and, expected and, to go undefeated
1: yeah and you've done what Alabama's done and oh by the way neither of those losses were Georgia right, right? i mean i think you'd get a little bit of grace not a lot of grace, but it would at least be, okay, well, it's Georgia and they're the best team in America and have been the best team in America. When it's, with all due respect, Tennessee and LSU, that's you know not going to be received as well.
0: I think Garrett Riley's more likely to go to Alabama too. I think keep an eye on some form- – Nick Saban loves his former head coaches. Maybe, maybe it's a situation where Dan Mullen comes in and runs his offense. How fascinating would that be? But we'll see. Is that breaking? Looks like it. All right. You were right, Stoops bros. Oklahoma is expected to hire Texas Tech's Emmett Jones as its wide receivers coach. So, whomever that is, I guess my question of, well, why hasn't it happened yet, there's your answer. Because they were waiting until they get to this point. He, uh, He's a rock star. Matt
1: Zenitz, by the way, of uh, On 3.
0: No, no, no. Stoops Bros on Soonerscoop.com.
1: <laughs> Good point. Sorry. My, my apologies, Stoops Bros. I'm sorry.
0: Um, all right. Well, let's, wh- have we taken our 30 break yet? But
1: no. we. Uh, Well, the 45 break. Oh, 45
0: break. I'm sorry. We have taken that one. We haven't <laughs> taken that one?
1: I, 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 I. No, we haven't. Oh, I, my gosh. I hope we've taken the 30 break.
0: I think we have. I think we did, but you, you have sent me into a full-on panic. All right. OU is expected to hire Emma Jones. We'll tell you about it next right here on The Ref. So two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Eighteen different players caught a pass last year for Texas Tech. Uh Emmett Jones. Did you print all this off? I Look did. At you. Do you know what I forgot today? My reading glasses. I can, stable, great, I can staple. You know what's great about too. this? Is I can see it. Emmett Jones is a tech grad. He is the newest. Receivers coach, according to a report from on three. Well, My man, Brian and Tulsa is already all over it. Um, he went to Kansas for a minute after spending several years at Texas Tech under one Cliff Kingsbury. Texas Tech player, also spent some time at UTEP. Worked in the high school ranks at Siegelville High School as an assistant. Was at Dallas Lincoln High School in 2001, uh, 2005, excuse me. Was the offensive coordinator at Skyline and was the head coach at South Oak Cliff. So from 2001 to 2014, he was a Texas high school football coach. Let's go. Started out in player development at Tech, moved on to the receivers coach, was at Tech from 15 to 18. Spent the 2019, 2020, and 2021 seasons in Kansas, and then came back to Tech in 2022. So, just judging by the career trajectory,
1: strong, strong ties to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Yeah. I mean, every single one of those high school stops is right there in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, that's uh, obviously got to be very attractive. And then uh, one of the things here, Antoine Wesley, he's – pretty uh heavily credited with some of the development there so regarded as a really good wide receiver developer so makes sense right somebody that uh, nice little <laughs> nice little recruiting you know ties and then uh, obviously the the track record sort of speaks
0: for itself <laughs> i like this from the 405 so any as as teddy would say any scuttlebutt on what happens to washington teddy loves the word scuttlebutt i I mean, in fairness to LD, whenever he took the job at Oklahoma, he didn't take the job as the wide receivers coach, right? He took the job as an assistant receivers coach as in, in a lot of ways an analyst, right? He joined as an offensive analyst and as an assistant receivers coach, and then you had what happened, unfortunately, to, to Kale. I miss dearly, and you had him. And by the way, Kale's still alive. Just it's just I miss having him around. He's one of my favorite dudes on the planet. But LD had to be elevated into a position that I don't necessarily know if I don't want to say he wasn't ready for. But hey, that's a that's a pretty pretty quick jump to go from heading into Oklahoma as an analyst, right? Where where you would just literally Josh Elmer. It's his first coaching job. It's LaDamian Washington's first coaching job. He was on the St. Louis Battle Hawks as early as 2020. And he came to Oklahoma to basically serve as as an offensive analyst. So, to me, I, I, would, I would think LD's carved himself out a nice niche. And I think he and Emmett Jones would be a great one-two combo in that receiver's room if, if, that's what LaDamian Washington wants to do. Now, there's some possibilities out there, right? I mean, there's going to be some chances, and you know, Kevin Wilson's still building his staff at Tulsa, but maybe for LD, he's built those relationships here, where all right, he can fall back into that analyst slash assistant receivers coach Continue role. Continue to learn and learn more, and you know, who knows? I, I but again, I don't know. Great question. I'm happy to see that OU has the vacancy filled, and we'll see what's next for LD Washington and the personnel in that group. Emmett Jones joining OU as its receivers coach. It's the Plank Show.